0: This, this is Make It kind.
1: Point. Make It M I P. With Matfumo.
0: Mark Thompson. Make It kind. Get Woke. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co.
1: Time for another edition of your favorite segment, folks, Thursday Coast with the founder of the Daily Coast, the largest online progressive community, the founder of Civics with a Q, and the host of the ever popular podcast, getting more popular by the day, The Brief. Marcos joins us during this holiday season. Hey, buddy, how are you?
0: Doing good. It's the, uh, our last one of the year, I think.
1: It is. It is our last one of the year. And I, I will have you know, I just returned to New York uh, from Tuesday. Well, one of them, there's so many people that are invited to the White House holiday party. has to spread out over a week. So I went to Tuesday nights, took my son to the White House. He got to meet President Biden. Uh, and and he, was, he was cool with that. So many people. And like I said, it's spread out. They have like a whole week worth of parties because you can't get everybody in there in one night. And I was talking to people about how, why so many people still come and what that's about, and obviously it's because for four years, nobody went to the White House holiday party, right? Can't imagine why, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why why wouldn't we go? Why wouldn't anybody go? No one went for four years. Nobody wanted to go. I think it was one year, Melania had a decor, had it decorated like the Adams Family or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> like, when I was, last night
1: i was imagining seeing that and i was like "Ooh, why would not anybody want to come in here oh my god it's horrible um but yeah it was it's you know fun festive occasion everything so had a good time uh and so starting on that point um uh, it's not been a bad year uh for joe biden has it
0: no, and and before we talk about Joe Biden, uh, I did not get an invitation to Joe Biden, but I did go. I, I used to get invited during the Obama years, and I okay. finally went one year. And you're right; they they spread it out. There's like ten of them, and they they kind of have themes. So you know, they, I think they have one for like Congre- Congress people, and then one for like media, and then one for, and I assume it's going to be the same thing. Um, they had Barack Obama and Michelle, did in a room. Take there's a line. All organized and it's just like a it's a machine. You get in your picture with the president and the first lady, and they had to sit there for what like four hours a day for like ten days straight, taking picture after picture after picture after picture. And um, I, you know, the, the stamina required for that is 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 extensive. And I assume the uh, Biden said the same thing, right?
1: They did the same thing, and that's work. But the difference now, though, is, and this is what is a little annoying you don't get individual pictures anymore. So oh. you put like 12 people together. Okay. And, you know, so you're taking pictures of people you don't even know. Got so <laughs> You know, it's, right. it's not. so it's not, as, it's not as cool as it once was, but, um, but yeah, that's the difference now. And I, that's, y'all, that's, you know, I know people think that people in the White House don't work or presidents don't really have real jobs, but I'm going to tell you, Imagine, as Marcos is saying, taking pictures with you know thousands of people in a line in a receiving line. That's no—I don't know how many of us want to do that either. So, just, <laughs> just keep that in mind.
0: So, anyway, Joe Biden had a it. You know, twenty twenty two started off looking pretty rough, and and given the prognostications and the conventional wisdom, it had the potential of being a really bad year. Uh, had things panned out, but. But we staved off the threat to democracy for another two years. Doesn't mean the threat is gone. Doesn't mean we've fixed it. But we've staved it off for another two years. And uh, we, uh, Joe Biden got got student debt relief passed. And yeah, it's the Supreme Court's going to take a look at it. But at this point, Mark, if the Supreme Court strikes it down, I, I think it's just, just another nail in the coffin of the Supreme Court. is just adding to the ammunition that we need. Uh and the court is now a political issue. And I think some of these justices are finally starting to realize that, that they, the Republicans on the board, on the court, realize that they cost their party the election. I think they may be treading more carefully and they're treading it was clear they were treading more carefully on this on this um this case that they heard last week on the the sovereign state legislatures where supposedly they can they can do whatever they want on elections. And uh even Justice Kavanaugh, who was a avid proponent of the theory a decade ago, seems skeptical in in, in um, oral arguments. So the court may back off. But anyway, Joe Biden did did push that through the student debt relief. He got through um, the uh, bill back better. He got through the um, the um, the infrastructure bill. He had the most successful midterm election of an incumbent president in 88 years. I mean, the, 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 the numbers are, are just dramatic. A party in power in the White House had not gained seats in the Senate and gained seats in governorships in 88 years by an accomplished ad. And Marky, you know, you and me, we will we, we'll be critical where we need to be and we'll push where we need to push. And I think there were some strategic decisions that were made that helped us this year that may backfire on us in 2024. And we could talk about that. But all in all, Biden had a fantastic year. And and I think in lots of ways, he may be quieting a lot of the the chatter about replacing him on the ballot for 2024, because that whenever you think about Joe Biden, if you want Democrats to win the White House in 2024, Joe Biden is our best bet to win it because incumbents just have massive advantages in any presidential election, which is why they almost never lose and why Donald Trump almost won re-election despite being incredibly unpopular.
1: Uh, Well, well, let's talk about some of the things you think that may come back to matters.
0: All right, so the big one is Joe Biden's decision to differentiate between MAGA Republican and the Republican Party i I think it's they're all the same thing, right? The Republican Party is completely beholden to Donald Trump and his brand of politics, and even if Donald Trump gets replaced by Ron desantis, it's still a mega republicanism its It's this hateful you know pseudo populist own the liberals type of you know intellectually discurious, uncurious, uh no platform. I mean that's sort of the modern Republican party. It's how do you trigger liberals and the The distinction between sort of MAGA Republicans and regular Republicans helped us defeat those MAGA Republicans in key races in battleground states. But if you go down the line, the Trump-endorsed Republicans did dramatically worse electorally than more rank-and-file establishment Republicans. And it helped us because... Donald Trump and his influence made sure that a lot of his people got elected. But let's let's take uh, Arizona, for example, where you look at the statewide elected offices, um, attorney general, secretary of state, governor were all mega Republicans. The superintendent of schools candidate Republican was not, was not a Trump-endorsed candidate. He was a more traditional Republican. She won. The other three lost. So by creating this distinction, it may have helped And it probably did help us raise awareness of those Trump back candidates and helped us defeat them. And I don't wanna, I don't think it's, I think it's impossible to overstate just how important that was because we won every contested governor race in all the battleground states, except for Nevada. And the governor in Nevada doesn't have control of the electoral machinery. And we won all the secretary of state offices in all the battleground states. Except for Georgia. And at least in Georgia, we know that the Republican Raffenberger is not gonna steal the election for for the Republicans because he had a chance in twenty twenty and he didn't. So it was it was um it was a good approach, I think, in helping us keep control of the House. Definitely helped us in Senate races in Georgia, in, in uh Arizona, and helped us hold some of our tough seats, like in Nevada. But what happens in 2024 when more establishment Republicans win more primaries? There, there's a definite push from the Republican establishment against MAGA Republicans. Uh, there's, there's It's 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 uh, not all powerful, we you know, because Ronda McDaniels is going to win re-election as head of the Republican Party, even though she's been presiding over three losing elections in a row. But since she's you know Trump aligned, she's getting reelected to head the Republican Party. But there's going to be a stronger push. There's going to be more money for Republican candidates that are not on that Trump wing of the party. And we have done a good job and Biden did a good job of branding MAGA itself, but not the broader Republican Party in the dangers that they are. Because say what you will, they're still incredibly dangerous, no matter whether it's Donald Trump or whether it's Ron DeSantis or whether it's I don't know what's what's. <laughs> What's the leftover normal Republican? I, I don't even know. Um, Mike Pompeo. I don't know. None it, of it, it, yeah. It, they're all, they're all awful. So the distinction gives, gives, um, gives Republican the chance to, if they manage to push off to shed a lot of the MAGA baggage, it allows them a really easy chance to rebrand. And Biden has given them an opportunity, but I'm not saying it's to sort of criticize it, We won. We won. It just creates an environment moving forward that may present new problems, and we'll address those as we get there. But I would love to see the republic the Democratic Party broaden that cr- criticism of the Republicans into um into um the broader Republican party. And I think a lot of it was was designed to peel away those suburban Republican voters that are like teetering on the edge. And if you say all Republicans are bad and they've been Republicans. You know, it's maybe not the best way to bring him along. So there was a point, you know, suburban uh, Republican voters around Atlanta, they voted for they voted for uh, the Republican governor. They rep- they voted Republican all the way down that ticket, except for Herschel Walker, because he was a mega Republican. Right. So it helps us because because Warnock didn't win by that much. Right. That was not it was, it was a close election. So it helped us, but it didn't help us overall with uh with a chance to to win the governorship in in Georgia not to mention you know the um other races like secretary of state attorney general etc
1: um so no no that's that that's uh, important but lastly we touched on cinema I, any new thoughts about her and and her behavior and and what we can anticipate from her in 2023 is she going to try to just block everything.
0: We, you know, we before I don't, I don't think she had changed parties before you know, last time we talked. I think we were I mean, just was, talking about,
1: yeah, she was hinting at it, but I, she had not officially done it yet, though. Yeah,
0: no. So, we had talked about how she would have to, in order to, if she thought she was going to win re election, she would have to tack to the left and be more amenable. While Joe Manchin, if he runs for re election, would have to be more um, obstructionist because he has to build his credibility with, with West Virginia, which is a very heavily red Republican state. Right. Well, it turns out that, that Sinema decided she, didn't, she doesn't want to bother trying to win a, a primary election. She, she didn't have a chance. Instead of polling, she's got a 6% approval rating amongst Democrats. So she was never going to win it. So what she's doing is she's playing chicken with the, Repo- the Democratic Party. She's saying, all right, I'm an independent now, but I'm still going to caucus with y'all. If you run a candidate against me, you risk you, you risk throwing this over to the Republicans. Here's the problem, Mark. Obama has a 6% approval rating with Democrats. She's not a Democrat anymore. And it don't matter what she does if she caucuses with Democrats, whatever. Democratic voters in, in Arizona, don't care. Here. Here's the thing. You've got an 8% approval rating with Republicans and like a 14% approval rating with independents. Nobody likes her. So in a very, very close election with her running as an independent, there's no doubt that she would come in third place. The question is, would who would she take more votes from? And right now, she's given Democrats no reason. To one a vote for her, she's given Republicans more of a reason, and from approval ratings, they're about they're about even. I suspect that she would literally become a non-factor, and that's even assuming she can get on the ballot because she needs to get like four hundred thousand signatures. But she ain't going to have the party apparatus gathering those signatures for her. She's going to have to have volunteers. Who's going to volunteer for her? She's got no volunteers. In fact, this whole week, I've been seeing stories about former, former people who volunteered for her who are pissed off and, and burnt and feeling betrayed. And who's going to, who, who's like got the passion to go out and raise, get 400 signatures for, for, uh, Christian cinema? They're nobody. So she's going to have to pay for it. So that's going to cost money. It could cost a lot of money. Now, who's going to sign those petitions? that guess Republicans. And maybe Republicans will throw some money at it as well to 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 make it happen. But ultimately, the idea of her playing spoiler is predicated on the idea that there are Democrats who will still vote for her. And I don't think there are any of them. And looking at civics polling when she's at six percent approval rating, which is about the same as Republicans, um, uh, I don't see that. And this is even before people realize that she's, you know, she's left the party and we have a better, We, uh, Ruben Gallego is our candidate and he's, he's running as a strong Democrat. And this idea of playing chicken with the Democratic Party, it's also really stupid because the Democratic Party can't keep a candidate off the ballot. It's not like they can say we're going to clear the field for her. It would have to be a decision by the top candidate. So we've cleared the ballot for... uh in Maine, we've cleared a ballot for uh, for um, Angus King, but that's not saying nobody can run as a Democrat. There's been there are Democrats on the ballot because anybody can can get the signatures and do the filing fee. It's just that the Democratic Party's not going to be pushing the Democrat, and all the top Democrats in the state are like, yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna run. So, um, with the dust in Arizona? Obviously, is gonna he don't care. Right? He's he's gonna run, and he's not dependent on the party because he's going to raise more money than, than God. Like, he's going to raise all the money. I mean, the guy who's running at Kirsten said, like, he's going to be the most popular Democrat running in 2024. So the party can't keep him from raising money. They can't keep him from filing the fees. They can't, it, none of that is possible. So um, it's a stupid bet for her to make. I suspect what's going to happen. And, and this is the end of 2022. We'll see how this prediction shakes out. In uh, in about eighteen months, I suspect she's she's she, she may dip her toes into trying to raise the uh, get signatures, realize it's too freaking hard, and then decide she uh, she wants she's not going to run for re-election. That's my guess.
1: Really, really, okay. Well, I hope you're right about that because we don't need her to be a spoiler. But you make a good point. All Arizonans would have to do, Democrats, is not vote for her. Uh, in, in a general, if she's trying to be a spoiler. And, I, and they obviously, if, they don't, if only 6% support her now, they're not going to support her then. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now for April
0: 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of a 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024.
1: Um, it, since last we talked, you got more, um, in, in, you've had more commentary on Elon Musk and what he's up to. And I, I noticed a tweet earlier where you, you basically compare him directly with Donald Trump.
0: Um, it's, you know, he he used to be a darling of the left when his whole shtick was about clean energy and and saving the earth and uh, and it, it was good, right? I mean, I drive a Tesla and I love the car and I love that I'm you know it's it's powered by my solar panels and it, it feels good to have carbon neutral transportation. Blah 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 blah. Not to be slug or or <laughs> about it. What he's done now is it's kind of fascinating because. Um, he has COVID broke him. The COVID lockdowns broke him. He he could not fathom his factories being shut down, so people would freaking die of COVID. And and that, um, he fell into the whole fire Fossey, you know Fossey, uh, Fossey and 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 that sort of deplorable right. And he sort of spiraled in that in the, into that world, and now he's deep into. Retweeting just the the worst of the worst, including white supremacists and neo-Nazis. I mean, it's it's he's deep in that world and. All right, great. Like, you know, good for him. He, He can say what he wants. Problem is that he runs a public company, Tesla, whose clientele is wealthy, progressive liberals. I mean, you can't, New York City is full of Teslas. San Francisco, like every third car is a Tesla. I live in Berkeley, you know, half by block are Teslas. LA Teslas, uh, Madison, Wisconsin Teslas. You go to Republican land, there ain't no Teslas out there. In fact, they're the ones that are roll cold. They're the ones that are being extra polluting because they think it's hilarious. They're the ones that trash on Prius and electric cars. This entire election, Mandela Barnes in in uh, in uh, Wisconsin was attacked for supporting uh, tax breaks for electric vehicles. There was a whole ads that were attacking him because he supported in, uh, incentivizing people to buy electric vehicles. There's a whole Hadox. Marjorie Taylor Greene said that that it was a feminist to drive an electric vehicle. I mean, never mind that, you know, Mike Tesla could kick any of their cars, you know, <laughs> out of track. I said, hey, if we're gonna get like, what makes a car great? It's, its speed, acceleration. Great electric cars crush it. But somehow Musk, because he he's sort of fallen into that that narcissistic trap that Donald Trump is in, that he gravitates towards those people that idolize him. For Musk, it's crypto bros, and um, you know, and and incel, white, male, loser, white, right, you, know, right people, you know, right-wing people. And for Donald Trump, it was, it was, it was a deplorable. So, I mean, there's a world, Mark, because, you know, Donald Trump doesn't have any ideology. Like, there's, he, he stands for nothing but himself. There's a world where had liberals been praising him, he'd be a liberal. He'd be a Democrat. In fact, there's talk about him running as a Democrat at one point. Because he, he has no no sense of uh, ideology. And Elon Musk, I think, is that way. It's, it's who's praising him. So it was great when liberals were praising him because of clean cars, clean energy. And now it's, it's the wrong people. And, and so he's fallen deep into into that track. But what it's doing is that it's really destroying the Tesla brand. I will never, ever, ever buy another Tesla uh, unless he's gone, you, you know, there's a world. But as long as Elon Musk is anywhere near adjacent even him making money from it, like no, there's there's no way. And I see it with my with my circle of friends out, you know, out here. And and you know, we're we're Bay Area, very progressive, professional networks. You know, they're they're fairly. They have money. They have resources. I don't dabble in billionaires, but Teslas are not billionaire cars. There are people, who, you know, it's it's that upper middle class world that that can buy a fifty, sixty thousand dollar car and. And hey, nobody's gonna be caught dead because buying a Tesla now is sort of the it's it's the transportation equivalent of wearing a red MAGA hat. And suddenly, Tesla stock is down sixty percent. It's the worst performing Fortune five hundred stock in the in the stock market. It's down sixty it's, percent. It's cratering, even though from its fundamentals are doing it's doing decently. They're selling cars. They're doing okay, but the brand, um. The brand is has taken a massive hit. The market has taken a massive hit. I got a couple calls over the last month asking me if I wanted to upgrade my car. Never had that before. It used to be that there was a year long, year long um, waiting list by, to buy a car. Once you ordered, it, it was it was 12, 16 months before it delivered. Now they're calling me asking me if I want if I want to upgrade this this month. It's the end of the quarter, so I'm assuming that they're not they're having trouble meeting their targets and it's because people like me won't, won't touch it and i have lots of friends who are in that world where they're uh starting to think okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna my car's old now i'm gonna buy an electric car and tesla used to be number one in that conversation and now they're not even they're not players yeah and there's plenty of competition and so why it's 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 not like it's the only game in town anymore and so tr uh Elon Musk is he's tanking his, his Tesla brand. SpaceX is dependent on govern, government government uh, government contracts. And literally a hundred percent or 99 percent of its of its revenue comes from government contracts. He's pissing off a democratic administration. I mean, he tried to put his fingers on it, try to get people to vote Republican. didn't work. Boring company, the, his, his tunnel company. It's all about creating tunnels under cities. Who run cities? Democrats, liberals, right? So you're burning that. The uh, what other are the companies? Yeah, like when you look through his companies, he is re- like none of them, absolutely none of them are companies that cater to right wing conservative um, buyers. And so he's burning. He's burning his entire market of all his companies. And why? That's that's why.
1: For what for what purpose and what end? Because it's not it's not getting him anything, it's not making anything better for him. So yeah, that, no, and, I
0: mean. oh, and Twitter itself—you're alienating the advertisers that that make up Twitter. And so he's trying to do his Twitter Blue thing for eight bucks a month that people are gonna describe like only the biggest. I mean, it's becoming it's getting to the point now where if you have a, a blue symbol and you pay for it, you're, like, you're a joke. Like people make fun of you. It's it's not considered a. And, but you have people, who they got to make the richest man in the world, the richest man, although he's not the richest man in the world as of yesterday, but got to make the richest man in the world, get his money back. Twitter, he bought Twitter for $44 billion. Of that, 13 was was um, was financed. So he put in $31 billion. Now, $3 billion of the loans are short-term loans and they're up. And so the banks are negotiating with him to translate those to more, To they have to be backed by Elon Musk himself. So he's got to put up $3, million, $3 billion additional in Tesla stock as collateral for those loans. That puts his investment at $34 billion. Irrational assessment of the value of Tesla, uh, of, of, um, of um, Twitter, is it's probably worth around $10 billion. And that was before he lost half of the advertisers. So, we don't know what the revenue is and there's little chance that Musk will say what the revenue is because he doesn't have to, it's not a public company anymore. But let's say he's lost half his revenue. He's lost half his advertisers. Let's just He's probably sitting at about a $5 billion company. He's not making that investment back. So, but he's hell bent on turning it into, I don't know what gab or parlor or any of those right wing social media sites and, 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 Alienating and chasing away um large parts of that audience. And so, but he doesn't understand it. Like he never ran a business that that depended on advertising. And ironically, he once he he used to be very mocking of companies that needed to advertise. He thought advertising was the dumbest thing in the world. Tesla has never advertised. SpaceX has never advertised. Why do you buy a company that depends on advertising if you have no idea what that means? And a lot of that, honestly, is kissing up to ad agencies. It's, it's, they, they, you, you're not going <laughs> to, you think, ah, oh, Milan come so, you know, famous and popular and give me money. No, that's not how this shit works. You got to actually, you got to, you got to whine and dine and, and get people a reason to want to give you their money. And he doesn't know how to play that game. So he's, he's, uh, every one of his businesses right now is, is, uh, well, SpaceX not yet, but definitely Twitter and and Tesla are seriously sucking wind right now, and I don't see how he gets out of that without him literally just walking away. Just all right, you know what? I, I fucked up. I'm gonna here's I'm gonna either sell it or I'm just gonna hand it over to a CEO, but with real power and real safeguards, saying that I'm not going to meddle. I don't know what that would even look like, but there's 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 a world where. The best he can do for his own financial success is to literally like walk away and stop trying to to run it because he's not as smart as he thinks he is. And that's what this whole affair has really shown us is that he got he got lucky. He uh, he surrounded himself with some real talent. But at this point, he has so burnt his brand that his ability to attract that talent is going to be particularly challenging. And he makes really dumb decisions, like this assumption that Musk knows what he's doing because he's been successful, has been blown out of the water. And I think that may be the biggest damage he's done to him, like even bigger damage than losing 40 billion dollars on a deal.
1: Yeah, you probably right. I'm, I'm sure he's going to have to end up selling. Um, uh, lastly, um, it's the end of the year. You've been covering um, Ukraine a great deal for all of us. Uh, what's the latest as as we head into this holiday season? what's what's going on now and and where do things stand?
0: So uh, we haven't talked about Ukraine in a while, and probably the whole fall because we we're talking about the election. we were we were prioritizing. But uh, I've been covering Ukraine almost daily in that entire time. And since we through through the fall, since September, Ukraine has retaken about twenty five thousand square kilometers of of territory. So we're talking massive. Massive amounts of uh, of territory. That's why about twelve, fourteen, about fourteen thousand square miles of of territory. Um, Russia isn't moving forward anywhere. Really, what they're doing at this point is they're just digging trenches, defensive positions. They're trying to hold on desperately to what is left, what they've what they've captured so far. Uh, on the other hand, what they're doing is they're launching Iranian drones and ballistic missiles into Ukraine's energy and um, and uh, um, heat infrastructure. So the Soviet States, what they did is, is it wasn't like here, you know, like we have, where we have our own like heaters, right? We have our own central heating or we have radiators. What they do in in the Soviet States, including Ukraine, it's like a New York City apartment where you have a boiler in the basement and it sends heat up to all the units in the building and they don't really control on and off, right? It's the building controls heat on and off. That's how Ukraine is, but the entire country, that's how Russia is. So if you hit a hydrothermal facility in Ukraine, then you knock out heat for a big chunk of um, of people. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it as miserable as possible to freeze out people and have them live in the dark. It's 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 terrorism. It's literally terrorism. They cannot win on the battlefield. So they're trying to break Ukraine's spirit. Obviously, we've seen this time and time again in history. When you do that, you actually re- harden people's resolve to fight. Like nobody breaks because the electricity's out and they're cold. People know how to wear jackets. And this is Ukraine. Like this is a part of the world that's used to bitterly cold winters. And they didn't always have electricity. So... That's where things are. There's a stalemate. There is a um, big part of the stalemate, though, because you know, like I said, Ukraine has taken twenty five thousand square kilometers back in the last three months. They've stopped because they. Um, there's a phenomenon in in uh, in in that area region, Germany too, because I, I lived it when I was in the army. Rains and summer, it rains and falls. It rains and everything turns to mud. And basically, the countryside is just one big soupy swamp. It's, it's gross, and so this is why Russia's attack in February, March stalled because once the ground thawed in March and April, literally their tanks would get swallowed up in uh, in mud pits. And so now it's the reverse. You know, it helped Ukraine out in March and April. Now it's hindering in the fall because everything is, is soupy and they can't move. And that way you can only move on roads. And if you move on roads, it's easy to ambush and it's easy for artillery to have those coordinates. So they're waiting for the ground to freeze. So we fully expect Ukraine to launch the offensives in January, February, when the ground is nice and hard and Ukraine can maneuver in the countryside as opposed to being limited to, to roads. So the, the bottom line is that Ukraine is still basically has the, they have the initiative. Russia is desperately trying to cling on defensively. And they're trying to to raise the lines and calling for, for negotiations because if they pound Ukrainian civilian infrastructure hard enough, they hope that Ukraine then cries uncle says, All right, let's negotiate, and Russia gets to keep the territory they have now. Ukraine's not interested.
1: Not gonna happen. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't I don't see that happening. Marcos, has been a great year with you. Once again, as always, we've been doing this for quite some time and another year in the books with Thursday Coast. We'll resume again at the beginning of the year. Happy holidays to you and the kids, your entire family, buddy, okay?
0: Yeah, and happy holidays to you, your your family and all your listeners and everybody who follows you and appreciates what you do. Uh, it, it was a good year. It didn't look that way. And we've had a bunch of really crappy years. And I think we have, a, we have earned the right to really be happy with how things have turned out and, uh, and sort of gather our energy. Because Mark, thinks are, we're going to have some important elections next year. In April, we have a Supreme Court election in Wisconsin that may very well have 2024 ramifications. So we're going to have to be ramped up then. And, uh, and the 2024 cycle is starting up. So we have tough maps in the Senate. We want to retake the House. We have a lot of organizing work to do. And so now is a good time to, to be happy with what we've done. Be satisfied for the moment. Rest, relax, enjoy family. Uh, take stock of everything that, that, that um, all the privileges that we have. And then get ready to pick up the fight again next year. Because uh, the other side isn't resting and we can't either.
1: No, our enemies don't rest. We can't afford to either. Thanks again, Marcos. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain.